0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Tuesday, February 20th. It is a Tuesday that feels like a Monday. Yesterday was a Monday that to me felt like a Sunday, so I guess tomorrow or Wednesday maybe will feel like a Tuesday. Some of you had a long weekend for the President's Day holiday, and if you had the day off, you didn't join me yesterday. I hope you had a good time. Nice random holiday in there, celebrating the great presidents the United States has had, and it's nice to break up the everyday thing we've got going on here in February. Just middle of the month, take a day off, watch the Daytona 500. That's what I did. That was probably the most of the Daytona 500 that I watched in many, many years. It's because... I had Alex Bowman to win at 30-1. to Now, I'm not in Florida at this moment. You're tuned in in Florida. I'm not in Florida. I'll be back in South Florida on Friday. Right now, I'm in Medellin doing the show. Love being able to do the show from anywhere in the world. So I went over to the supermarket. Supermarket, they've got a sports book there. You can buy a loaf of bread and put in a parlay at the same time cash out at the supermarket. You can do it all. And I had Alex Bowman at 30 to one to win the Daytona 500. Some of you might be saying who the heck is Alex Bowman. Maybe you're saying what the heck's the Daytona 500. Hopefully not. Maybe you're just on the wrong channel. Alex Bowman was, I'd say inches away, but it was more like feet away from winning the Daytona 500. The caution came out and he just, Past the winner a little bit too late. Oh, I was so close at 30 to 1. I also did take them to finish in the top five. I thought about top three, but I'm like, yeah give me a little bit more leeway. Top five was plus three fifty at the supermarket here in Medellin. I don't know what it was at the shop or on the Hard Rock app in Florida. But I did okay, 30-1 to though, that was oh, so close. But it was nice to have that on television yesterday. Thankfully, we have moved past what was on television over the weekend, and that was the NBA All-Star game. After the show ended yesterday, I said to myself, I talked way too much about that. I wasn't comfortable. Sometimes I leave a show and I say to myself, that was fantastic. I think every show is really good. I mean, that's me. I put the show together. I talk. So I never think I have a bad show. But yesterday, I just said to myself, I I talked way too much about a bad product. And that was the NBA All-Star Game and really the entire weekend. And it wasn't like I was the only one talking about it. I saw online that was a big topic for everybody. And I think I'm with the majority of most people that it was terrible and unwatchable, even though we watched it. Hopefully something will be fixed and we won't have to do this again next year. But if it's not fixed, well, then we'll just do the same show in the middle of February in 2025. But I'm over that now. I'm not even going to bring it up anymore. I'm ready to move on. And it's baseball season. We already had pitchers and catchers report last week for the Miami Marlins. Now the full squad has shown up. Bruce Sherman, he spoke to the media in Jupiter. That means spring training is officially on. And we will have games coming up in the next few days. I don't know about wagering on spring training games. I don't think that's probably a good idea, but with that app, who knows? I I will do my best moving forward not to not to pertain everything to wagering because not all of you wager, but I do try my best to put it in the aspect of where we're still talking about the game, and I can bring up a wager at the same time. Like, I'll talk about the Florida Panthers a little bit later on, and I'm going to head to the supermarket again here in Medellin because I think the Florida Panthers are going to beat Ottawa tonight, and I think Sam Reinhart, Carter Verhage, and Matthew Kachuk I think they're all going to have good games. I think they're all going to get on the board. So if you put that together, hey, we all love money. I'm just saying to Chuck Verhage and Reinhardt and a Panthers W, they all get points. Panthers win. You win. And I win. It's not something I'm going to consider. It's something that I am going to do. So I'm looking here at my calendar. I'm looking at my schedule. Some of you don't fly a whole lot. I do. So I've got a flight on Thursday. I got a flight on Friday. Friday I'm taking off because it's just a travel day for me. Then I have a flight on Sunday and That appears to be it for a couple of days. So I won't be with you this Friday. It'll be a travel day for me. And then I'm taking next Monday and Tuesday off. So I'm with you today. I'm with you tomorrow. I'm with you Thursday. And then I'll be back with you next Wednesday. That's February 28th. And I was straight up with all of you. I I told you this was coming. I told you, after the Super Bowl, some people just take a week off or two weeks off. I'm not doing that until April when I'm going to Spain for the first time in my life. I'm going to Barcelona, and I'm going to play in a poker tournament over there. I don't even know the time difference. What is it, six, seven, eight hours, something like that? I'm not doing a show from Barcelona. I love doing shows from all over the world. I've done them from Panama, Costa Rica, here in Colombia, Mexico, I've done them from all over the United States of America. I'm not going to do it in Barcelona. I feel like if I'm going to Barcelona, I'm not working. I'm going to focus on poker. I'm going to go out and have some good meals. Just enjoy a week off. And it'll be the week right before the NBA and NHL playoffs begin. Because then I plan to be all over the place, just like I was uh, last year. Maybe some new destinations. I don't care where the Panthers go. I think the Panthers, they can win anywhere they go, especially the way they've been playing so well. The Miami Heat, that remains to be seen. I could use a Heat game right now. I really could. The Heat went into the All-Star break looking much better. I could use a Heat game tonight. I would love to have a Miami Heat game on television tonight, but I'll take a Panthers game. No problem. I love the Florida Panthers, and I love Verhage, Reinhardt, and Kachuk to each get a point tonight, just an FYI. All right, so I'll continue to keep you updated here on the show if anything breaks, not equipment-wise. If something breaks equipment-wise, then you won't hear my voice because something will be broken. But if anything does come up, I will let you know. And, of course, when I'm not here on the airwaves, you can always get the Slater Scoop on Twitter. I thought at some point I would change my words to X like Elon wants everybody to, but I just am more comfortable uh, with Twitter, and I'm going to keep it at Twitter. So you could search Andy Slater on Twitter. And when I have news, I will pass it along over there. I did see some news earlier this morning, around 11 a.m., something like that, after I was getting back from breakfast. I woke up late today. I was like, why not? Sleeping a little bit. Got out of bed at like 9, went to breakfast about 9.30. And then around 11 o'clock, I was looking at some more news, and I saw that Inter-Miami, they made news again. They are no longer playing at Drive Pink Stadium. They're playing in the same place, but it's no longer called Drive Pink Stadium. It is now called Chase Stadium, and that would be for Chase Bank. So Chase has the naming rights. It is now Chase Stadium that Inter-Miami will be playing their home matches at in Fort Lauderdale. As far as the new stadium in actual Miami, I've been playing that tune for eight or nine years, something like that, and I'm still waiting. I am still waiting. I'm still waiting for that ceremonial groundbreaking that is supposed to happen last year. That's what we were told. If you read the press release or you read stories on the internet, like from the Herald and Sentinel, they got the press releases. They put out that there's going to be a ceremonial groundbreaking in 2023. And it's 2024. And we haven't had a ceremonial groundbreaking yet. So I don't know what's going on. But every time I fly out of MIA and we take off to the east, I normally am on the right side of the plane. That's my preference. And I take a look because you fly just to the north of the old Reese golf course and I just see empty land and that's it. And for now, they continue to play in Fort Lauderdale at what is now called Chase Stadium. All right, I have a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. As I said, the Marlins' full squad has reported to Jupiter. And Bruce Sherman spoke with reporters this morning. Bruce Sherman is the Marlins' owner, and he's been there for a few years now. And the Marlins, last season, they made the playoffs. I was there in Philadelphia watching them play. So I want to start this Marlins conversation at the top. What do we think of Bruce Sherman. I say that in part because the previous owner, Jeffrey Loria, he was a huge figure in South Florida sports. People cared a lot about what he said and what he did. And ultimately, Jeffrey Loria was pretty disliked. Part of that could have been that Loria's mouthpiece was David Sampson. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gotten to know David Sampson a lot more after baseball, after his time with the Marlins. He went to dinner with me and a few other people at Joe's Stone Crab last year. I'm not going to go into more about Sampson because it's not going to make a difference to any of you. If you hate him, you hate him. And what I tell you about him is not going to make a difference. But I will just say that I've gotten to know him a lot better since he left the Marlins. That's not what this conversation is about, though, but I did want to disclose that. At the time he was with the Marlins, his job was essentially to be the face of anything Jeffrey Loria did. David Sampson had to take the heat when people were upset with Jeffrey Loria. The part that's so odd about Jeffrey Loria's time with the Marlins is that he owned the team when they won the World Series in 2003. That was his squad. Jeffrey Loria brought a parade to South Florida he brought a championship to South Florida. And I know a lot of you right now are saying, who cares? Just give me, give, me, give me some time here, okay? I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I'm just trying to lay something out. There's a point to all this. So Loria brings a championship to South Florida. Then you've got the ballpark situation. And fans and taxpayers really hated Jeffrey Loria and David Sampson with the ballpark situation because everybody believed that those two were pulling a fast one on all of us. And at the same time, they never really fielded a team worthy of a free ballpark. So that's the background. Jeffrey Loria sells the team. In comes Bruce Sherman. Bruce Sherman hired, and that turned out to be a complete disaster. Jeter, great player. Horrific CEO slash president. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I think if you put some truth serum in Bruce Sherman's drink, I don't know if that's illegal or not, Putting truth serum in somebody's drink? Putting something else, yes, but truth serum? If you did that to Bruce Sherman's drink, I think he would tell you the same exact thing about Jeter, how ultimately that was a complete disaster. Now, during Bruce Sherman's time as owner of the Marlins, other than last season when they made the playoffs in a non COVID year what else or what what's the difference been between Loria's time as owner and Sherman's time as owner Sherman went a little different than Loria instead of having someone like David Sampson he got rid of him he had Derek Jeter and he figured okay Jeter great player as I was just saying. But not only being a great player, he was a very popular person. So we're going to get rid of someone who is very unpopular in South Florida. And we're going to bring somebody in very popular around the country. And that very popular person can be the vocal one instead of David Sampson. Bruce Sherman never even has to speak. At least when Jeter was with the Marlins. And now Jeter's no longer with the Marlins and he hasn't been there a couple of years. Bruce Sherman still really doesn't speak. He speaks, what, once a year like he did today during spring training? He says, we want to win a championship. We want to be in the postseason. says the same thing every year. We expect to win. If we can win, we'll pay big money. We've got money. I've got money. And then you see Jorge Soler sign with San Francisco and the Marlins replace Jorge Soler with nothing. Here's where I'm going with this. Why isn't Bruce Sherman as unpopular as Jeffrey Loria? Is it solely because of the stadium? And I'm not trying to make Bruce Sherman as unpopular as Jeffrey Loria. I'm just asking that question. It's not like he reversed all of Loria's policies, and the Marlins are competing with the Dodgers now in terms of spending. The Marlins are essentially operating as they did before. They ran into a good season last year, but you can see the direction of this organization, can't you? They're they're not spending. Heck, Luis Arise, who is unbelievable back-to-back batting champion. They went to arbitration with him. They went to court with him to try to pay him less. Instead of giving him a 10-year extension or whatever, six, seven years, they found Tony Gwynn 2.0, the best pure hitter in baseball, perhaps. Instead of let's reward that, we can't even settle here. We're going to take him to arbitration. Why is it That Jeffrey Loria is still hated and nobody thinks anything of Bruce Sherman. Good or bad. Nobody says good things. Nobody says bad things, fan-wise. People who know him, it's a different story. But it's like, okay, Bruce Sherman's the Marlins owner and nobody really cares. Who cares? In fact, I don't even know if the average fan knows who Bruce Sherman is. If they saw him like in publics. For whatever reason, Bruce Sherman is just whatever. Now, I have run into Bruce Sherman. I actually just ran into him and was speaking to him the other day at the Caribbean Series. I was there in the lounge behind home plate, whatever it's called now. And Bruce Sherman was there with Caroline O'Connor, the president of baseball operations and a few other Uh, Marlins uh, higher ups and I was talking to Bruce for a little bit he's just there sitting at a table with everybody else and he seemed like a cool guy I haven't had a lot of interaction with him but he's just he's not liked and he's not disliked he's just Bruce Sherman and he's the owner of the Marlins and I'm just curious as to why there's no feelings for Sherman one way or the other because the Marlins are not spending money. Now, you've got diehard Marlins fans that certainly have an opinion, but I'm talking about the average fan. The average fan hated Loria. The average fan, they just don't care about Bruce Sherman, at least the way I see it. And maybe this is the way Sherman wants it. He doesn't seem to be in the baseball business to get famous or to be really vocal. He doesn't seem to want attention. Seems kind of low-key. And if you're in the club area like I was where he was and you're at a table away from everybody and you've got people around you, then that brings attention. He's just sitting there like anyone else. He seems just like a regular dude. Jeter's the one that made the historic hire of bringing in Kim Aang to be the first female general manager in a major sport. When Jeter did that, Bruce Sherman, he didn't take a big victory lap about it. Jeter talked about it. A lot of people did. Bruce Sherman seemed a little quieter. The Marlins, they're in a weird place. I feel like I want to rip them because their offseason has been a joke and they didn't do anything at all. They didn't bring in anyone. They lost Jorge Soler. Sandy Alcantara is going to miss the season. It's like, oh, let's run it back, which I think is a joke. But as it stands now, hey, they were a playoff team last year. They have some really good young players, particularly pitchers. They have the batting champion. Jazz Chisholm Jr.'s got a ton of potential. And Skip Schumacher's the reigning manager of the year. This is what I'm going to have to do. I will have to let the season start. Okay, let him have all spring. Then let the real games begin. And after about 20 or 30 games, officially judge what this Marlins team is and what they did and did not do during the offseason. My prediction is they will regress. I don't think lightning is going to strike twice in the same place. They don't have as good of a team as they did last year. But I'm not going to judge what they'll do just yet. Not in stone. Prediction-wise, I could say I don't think they're going to be as good, and I do think they will regress. Maybe you say that's judging, but if I have to give out a prediction, that's what I'm going to predict. It's not like I have no opinion. Now, if I'm forced to put in a bet on the Hard Rock app for their season total, and that would be my mind forcing me, like, Andy, you've got to do this. Forget about what you said on your show, February 20th, how you're not going to judge them until 20 or 30 games in. You've got to judge them now, and you've got to make a wager. My wager would be under 78 and a half. Not because I think the Marlins are only going to win 65 games. It's just that I feel seventy-eight and a half is a high number considering what They lost free agent-wise and losing Sandy Alcantara because of an injury. I just think that number is way too high. They do have more Josh Bell this season, and they do have more Jake Berger. Those were acquisitions at the trade deadline last year. So you've got them in your lineup more than you did last season. Hopefully that'll help. And speaking of help... Stewie will help you with the bagel loan if you're buying a home, need a mortgage, or refinancing. If you haven't heard me tell you about the bagel loan or you haven't called Stewie yet, and I'll give you his personal sell in just a moment, the bagel loan, the inside of a bagel, what do you see? A zero. And that is exactly what you'll pay Stewie. Zero. No lender fees, no appraisal fees, That is why it's called the Bagel Loan. You could Google Bagel Loan. Call Stewie, though, on his personal cell phone. You call him up. He's going to answer. If he doesn't answer, he'll call you right back. Stewie's a great guy. And just tell him, hey, you want to know more about the Bagel Loan? Now, if you're not buying a home, if you don't need a mortgage, or you're not refinancing, I don't know. You call Stewie to just have Bagel Talk what, you, Stewie, you like an everything bagel? You like an egg bagel? No, call him about the bagel loan where you pay him nothing. No lender fees, no appraisal fees. Here's Stewie's personal cell phone number. 561-379-4441. That's 561-379-4441. Call Stewie. Tell him you want more info on the bagel loan where you pay him nothing. MLS number 226715. My poker tournament, the Slater Scoops poker tournament. It's going to be happening in two weeks from now, two weeks from today, March 5th. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, and it's only $250 to buy in it's always an awesome event. Normally we get way more than 20 grand in the prize pool, but that is the bare minimum that'll be in there. Cards, they're in the air at 6 pm Tuesday night, March 5th. If you can't get there by six, it's not a problem because you can register until 9:30 p.m Tuesday night, March 5th. Head on out to the poker room at the Hard Rock. It'll be a great time. I'll be there. We could play cards. You could fight for second place as I take first. It is the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament Tuesday night, March 5th. That's two weeks from today at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. I know what my identity is at the poker table. What will be the Miami Marlins identity on the field? What is their identity as a, franchise right now what will the Miami Marlins be this season and as an organization overall how are they going to conduct themselves because I heard Bruce Sherman talk this morning I heard Peter Bendix talk Peter Bendix brought up something that I was saying in the last segment and I don't want to just throw it away. I don't want to make it seem like, oh, he's just saying that. I do think there is something to having Josh Bell and Jake Berger much more this season than last year because they were acquired at the trade deadline. Could that make up for Jorge Soler? I don't know if it'll make up totally for him, but there's something to that. It seems to me that the Marlins' main goal yet, again, and I heard this five years ago, and I heard it 10 years ago, I always hear it, we need to build up our farm system. Well, I thought the farm system was getting built up, but unfortunately, it was getting built up with bad players. And that's why the Marlins made changes in their organization. Now they have people in there different than before, to make the draft picks, for scouting. That's where this seems to be headed. It seems like a built-in excuse if the Marlins are not successful. Hey, we've got to start from the bottom instead of start from the top. I mean, you do make some changes at the top, and then you've got to start from the bottom, and that's your farm system, and build it up just like the Tampa Bay Rays. And Peter Bendix is from the Tampa Bay Rays. So the Marlins, they seem to be headed in that direction. Instead of the direction of we're going to go for it, we're going to go all in, we're going to do anything we can right now to make the postseason. That's what they did at the trade deadline last year. They brought in Jake Berger and Josh Bell and it helped. But essentially, that's all they're riding with this season. They're riding with the move they made at the trade deadline last year. That was their move, and now they seem to be done making moves. They do have players that I really like and that I enjoy watching. I never thought I would enjoy watching Jesus Lazardo pitch after they made that trade He didn't look like he was going to be worth anything watching, and that completely changed. He's a local kid. He's a heck of a pitcher. He's really thrived with the Marlins organization. Could have to do with Mel Stottlemyre helping him, but Jesus Lazardo has turned into a great arm, and then I hear trade rumors about him, and that could happen. Who knows? I like Jazz Chisholm Jr. When he's healthy, he can be electric. Problem is, can he stay healthy? Yuri Perez, he's got top of the rotation potential. He could definitely be really good. I knew Yuri would be special the second I heard Sandy Alcantara went to the airport to pick him up. When you've got the Cy Young winner meeting you at baggage claim, you're probably a future ace. Sandy is an awesome person. And he's so great to have on the field. Unfortunately, he won't be on the field this season for the Marlins. He's such an old school ace. Give me the ball and I'm going to give you nine innings. I like Jake Berger as a bat. He also looks like my twin. I like Josh Bell on this roster. Of course, Luis Arise is incredible to watch. I feel like he's the best singles hitter in the game. But when you go through that lineup, Berger, Bell, Jazz, Louisa Rice, and others, this is a lineup that I feel does not have enough. And as I mentioned yesterday, what's going to happen when they sustain injuries? And we see injuries every year with every team. It's 162 games. You get hurt. Then what's going to happen? Even when they're healthy, where are the RBI is going to come from. They proved doubters wrong last year. I was definitely a doubter. Will they prove me and others wrong this year? At least with what I expect. We'll see how Peter Bendix as a hire turns out to be. He's the head of baseball operations, it's his show now, and his first move was. Well, has he made a move yet? <laughs> His moves have been hire an administrative staff to make the farm system better, to make better decisions overall. I don't think Peter Bendix looked at this roster and said, oh, yeah, it's perfect. I don't need to touch this thing. I think he's just going to start at the bottom. Usually, if you get a big job you can put your fingerprints all over an organization I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but don't you want to make some moves right away? Show your philosophy? Unless his philosophy is, really, we're just going to build up the farm and we're going to go from there and this is going to take time, but we're not going to sit here and tell you this is going to take time. I'm not going to come out here today in Jupiter and say, yeah, it's going to take about four or five years of not being good. So just, um, yeah, buy tickets. That wouldn't be the best message. But Bendix's background is with the Rays. So if you had to predict what is going to happen, look at Tampa. Tampa's consistently good. They do it without spending a lot of money. It's probably the direction the Marlins are going to try to go. It's way too soon to judge Peter Bendix, of course. But he was hired months ago. And the only moves he's made are front office moves, no moves really roster-wise, only minor moves, like seriously, minor league moves. So I'm not blown away with anything yet, but if his philosophy winds up working in four or five years from now and the Marlins are consistently good, I'm cool with it. I'm not expecting a World Series run this year or next. But the message can't be to the fans coming from the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. Just watch us in four years from now. Until then, watch something else. They're not going to say that. I know what I'll be watching on Saturday. The race is at Gulfstream Park. I was just out there last week. I can't wait to go out there again. The championship meet. That's what's happening at Gulfstream Park right now. And the championship meet. It brings out the best of the best. The best horses in the world are at Gulfstream Park. The best jockeys in the world are at Gulfstream Park. I was at Gulfstream a week ago, like I said, and I went to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. I got the buffet. Some of my friends ordered off the menu. I've done that before too. One of my friends told me the French dip sandwich was the best French dip they've ever had in their entire life. So when I go out there Saturday, that is what I'm getting. I'm ordering off the menu. I'll be there trackside at the restaurant watching the races live in person, wagering on them. And heck, you don't even have to wager a whole lot. You could wager 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. Live racing happens during the championship meet every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Go check it out for yourself in Hollandale Beach. The championship meet going on at Gulfstream Park. It is hockey night in South Florida. The Florida Panthers, after crushing the Tampa Bay Lightning over the weekend, they had a few days off, and tonight they're back on home ice in sunrise. The Kachuk brothers, they're facing off. Matthew against Brady. Not Tom Brady. Brady Kachuk. The Panthers against the Ottawa Senators. The Senators are not a good hockey team I fully expect the Florida Panthers to win tonight I fully expect for Matthew Kachuk to get a point I fully expect for Carter Verhage to get a point and I fully expect for Sam Reinhart to get a point hint 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 and another hint not that I have to give out hints I don't have to talk in code but I was looking plus 210 For the Panthers to win, with Reinhardt, Verhege, and Kachuk all getting a point. Same game parlay action, plus 210. I've heard the phrase many times, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Well, this sounds too good to be true, but I think it is true. (laughs) I mean, plus 210 is true. I just think it it happens. That's my advice. That's my opinion. There's no such thing as a lock, but I love that same game parlay for tonight. That's all I'm saying. Matthew Kachuk said yesterday, he said, hey, look, we're playing really well, but the entire focus is on playoff hockey. So, yes, the Panthers scored nine goals against the Lightning. But the bigger thing is how they scored. And once they got rolling, once they had some momentum, they never took their foot off the gas. And that matters because come playoff time, even if it's a one or two goal lead, you're probably not going to have a six or seven goal lead. But if it's a one or two goal lead, the other team is not going to stop coming at you. So it is very important to have some continuity and integrity to your game. To where no matter what happens, there's a way that your team plays and that is it. You're consistent to your identity game after game after game. The one thought that I keep having as I watch this Florida Panthers team, and I brought this up quickly yesterday, Two years ago, the Panthers won the President's Trophy, so they had the most points in the entire league in the regular season. They win the President's Trophy, they get knocked out in the second round, and their first raw matchup against the Capitals, it wasn't even that good, but they got through it, and then they got knocked out. The following season, which was last year, they squeak in, they're the eighth seed, and they go to the Stanley Cup final. Even though I want to overreact to how well they're playing. And the road record is phenomenal. It's always tough to win on the road, and they're doing so well. So even though I really want to overreact, I can't. Reality is, if you're a one seed or if you're an eight seed, when you're a team, just like the Florida Panthers are, a team that is ready to take that next step towards winning the Stanley Cup. These games during the regular season ultimately don't mean anything. What matters is when the playoffs begin, how is Bob going to be playing then? Can the Florida Panthers offense stay hot? Can Kachuk keep scoring as he is? Can Reinhardt? Continue to be the monster that he's been. Can Carter Verhage be that playoff beast yet again? Everything I just mentioned is what's important. We can enjoy the ride now as we should because the Panthers are consistently putting on a good show. They're consistently playing really well. But this is just the appetizer. The main course is the main thing. And we still got to wait a little bit longer to get that. There are many things that all of us have to wait a little bit to get, and that includes whatever your financial goals are. Some of you think, okay, I've got this goal in mind, and it's going to come overnight. Look, you want to contact Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth is going to get you on the right track. Whatever your financial goal is, Trajan Wealth will help you design a plan based around those goals, and Trajan Wealth is located locally in Palm Beach. Here's one of the easiest things you could do. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Don't wait any longer. Maybe you have a financial advisor right now or you've got a friend or a family member helping you out, and it's just not working out the way you want it to. That's a great reason to contact Trajan Wealth. And you could do that on the phone too. 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth help you design a plan based around your financial goals and objectives. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. And this is a paid advertisement. I can't believe I ran out of time so quickly. Panthers win for Kachuk, and Reinhardt each score a point. I love it tonight. That's all the time I got for this Tuesday. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.